We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This episode is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. This is the second of three episodes that we are doing as a partnership with Pelican on the Beers on Us podcast. So... We are back in Tillamook for this episode, sitting back down with Darren, the head brewmaster, talking about Pelican Pilsner. Enjoy. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, that is uh, that is a fake can noise, <laughs> as there are no cans in front of us right now to open. But we are back in Tillamook for the second episode that we are doing with Pelican. Uh, we had promoted the fact that we were going to do it at multiple episodes or multiple locations, excuse me. But uh, schedules will be schedules, and mm-hmm. both of us have been gone a couple of times, and then it's just been difficult to figure out a time to come out here. My favorite part about the schedule issue is that it's on all of us. It's like these guys at Pelican, they're working so yes. hard that they, they're they busy, so we're trying to work around, but then Mike and I have our schedules as well. And, like, I leave tomorrow for, like, six days, and I'm just yeah. going to, you know, say I hate everybody and leave and go on vacation. And I was just gone for four days over the mm-hmm. weekend, and I had another weekend that was busy too. So things just didn't work out. But uh, we were back, we're back at Tillamook today, and uh, a little birdie has told me that the final episode of the three that we're doing will be in Cannon Beach. Ooh. Ooh, baby. So uh, we will be getting to go up to the second location, or I guess technically their third location, uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. Maybe we can clear the schedule and then do that and then cruise to PC. I believe we're doing it on a Sunday, so we could probably do Ooh, that. Yeah, anyway. baby. Yes. No, we can't because I got to be back and work at 430 in the morning on Monday. Oh, whatever. You can go to Pacific City. All right, let's do it. Don't be, don't be like that. Let's Come do on. it, baby. Come on. Uh, so we are back at Tillamook today. We'll be talking with Darren, the brewmaster, once again, coming up uh, next segment about the release of Pelican Pilsner. So that'll be coming up, and then that'll be our beer of the week as well. I'm really excited because I really want to pick his brain just about making Pilsners. And it it it's this. It seems like such a simple style, yet it is it is the litmus test for so many breweries. Uh, you will be the uh, the go getter for that in the interview because I don't know what to even ask about that. <laughs> all right, all right. So, I'll carry the load. <laughs> so I, you know you can you can ask those questions for me. Uh, you can find us most places. You can find podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Odyssey app, Omni Stitcher, TennesseeTheFan.com. Subscribe, rate, review, and download wherever you find us. Social media: We're at Instagram.com/slash Beers on Us, at Beers on Us Pod on Twitter, and Facebook.com/slash Beers on Us. Our personal pages: I'm at Mike Lynch twenty seven on Twitter. Patrick is at P Diddy zero eight five on both Twitter and Instagram. So you can follow us there. 
Let us know what you're thinking about the beers that you're drinking or about the episodes that you're listening to. You can DM us on Instagram. Once again, Instagram.com slash beers on us. Before we get into the Pelican stuff, though, our weekend beer, mine was fascinating. And I took notes. Mm. I opened up my notes phone. Notes I'm really phone. glad that you had an awesome week in beer because due to the heat and all of that stuff, beer was 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 tough. I had yep. a few, but I'll wait. let you go. So this past weekend was my 32nd birthday. Whoop, whoop. Uh, and that I forgot to wish you a happy birthday. On your birthday, we were texting on that day, yes. and never in that day did I say, oh, by the way, happy birthday. Uh, you know who did? Your girlfriend. I know. Classic me. <laughs> Classic me. She's great. I suck. So uh, More news on why she's great yes. later. I was planning on... Uh, or we were planning on going somewhere secret, which was all I knew. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend had was booked a, a trip. It was a surprise trip for my birthday. I kind of figured out that we were probably going to, to the coast because I had talked about how much I'd like the beach. So we stayed at uh, Salishan, which is the golf resort just south of Lincoln City, which was a really cool spot, by the way. Uh, we had a golf course view from our, our room. I don't play golf. But uh, it was a resort. There was a couple restaurants there. There was, you know, activities to do, which was cool. And uh, they have the entire property is them, both on the east side and the west side of 101. And they had a little private beach as well, which turned out to be very lucky because it was 115 degrees every single day in Portland. So everyone was at the coast. (laughs) So every beach that we drove past was completely jam-packed with people. Not our beach, because it was a private beach for the resort. So take that, suckers! That was like a little, little like extra surprise positive that we got from this. Um, but on the day of my birthday, she surprised me with a little brewery trip of breweries I'd never heard of before, uh, except for one I had heard of, and uh, well, I guess technically two. But I digress. We went to Beachcrest Brewing, which is right on the 101. It's on the Salishan property. And um, that was the first stop we made. They opened up at noon. Really cool spot. Really, really cool outdoor spot. Uh, There's like the golf course is behind them. So there's a lot of greenery. They have a little covered area where they had a little stage for music. I guess uh, they had a sign. I don't remember what what night it was, but, you know, jazz was coming to play there. One of the nights, tons of outdoor seating. They had like Adirondack chairs. They had regular high tables. They had like picnic tables. It was a really cool setup. I had a couple of IPAs there. I had the, actually, no, I had a couple of beers there. One IPA. I had the Pacific Cold IPA, which I, I asked for, what is the most West Coast IPA that you guys have? Classic uh, question. That one was, uh, it was good. It had some bitterness in it. There was uh, some decent hop character. The only negative I would say about it is that it didn't feel like it really had like a true, like, this is what this beer is. It was kind of floaty, okay. if that makes sense. Uh, sometimes I think when you go to newer breweries, they haven't fully kind of, figure out each recipe yet to be like, this beer is blank. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is a West Coast IPA. There's some bitterness in it. There's some hop flavor, but it was kind of hard to kind of define each thing. But I kind of saw the promise in it, which was really good. And then I had Blonde the Beachcomber, which was a really easy drinking Blondale. I just kind of tried. I was like, you know what? That's like the second beer on their tap list. That's probably one of the ones that's their, their flagship beer. super beers. popular, too. Yep. Just easy drinking Blondale. It was really, really enjoyable. That was... Uh, far and away of uh, the places we went, my favorite spot. And it was the first place. It was so cool. So if you have a chance, if you're ever on 101 and you, you drive past the Salishan sign, it's right there on the right side of the highway uh, if you're going south. And uh, it was just a cool outdoor spot. They had 
pretzel. They had a couple appetizers, you know, small small food bits. Just a cool spot to go. Uh, we then went north into Lincoln City, and we went to Rusty Truck Brewing, mm. which I believe I've mentioned on the podcast once before. And I I know this brewery. Uh, I think they used to bottle and or can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if used to is the right word. I used to see bottles or cans from them. I don't. I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, this place is in an old roadhouse. It used to be called Roadhouse 101, and they have, like, the signs, the neon-lit signs inside. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a classic roadhouse. Like, pre-COVID, there probably were pool tables all over the place. It's just kind of like one of those places. Uh, I had an IPA there. They called it the West Coast Casual IPA. I'll be honest, it wasn't that great. It wasn't really a West Coast IPA in, in that sense. It kind of had a, a little bit overly malty, just kind of like, yeah, this is a West Coast IPA, but it wasn't really. But then I had their toffee porter. Very good. Uh, I think, at least from what I could tell from the menu, they had a couple of ambers, a couple of dark beers. I think that's their wheelhouse, is using malt-forward beers, because the toffee porter, you would think of like toffee as maybe being a little too overpowering as a mm-hmm. flavor in a beer. And it wasn't. It was it was enjoyable. It was a light toffee flavor. It kind of gave a toastiness to the beer. It wasn't overly sweet. So that one was really, really good. So I enjoyed myself there. Uh, we then went a little bit, I believe, further north into Lincoln City. And we went to Black Squid Beer House, which my girlfriend thought was a brewery, but it was not. It was a bottle shop. Which is my jam! And this place was sick. If you looked at my Instagram posts, uh, I posted it on Tuesday, I believe, maybe Monday night. I think it was. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, or I, it's Wednesday. Sorry, Tuesday. Yes, yeah, I think it yeah. was Tuesday. Uh, so I posted a couple of pictures from there, their logo, and kind of the bottle shop area. They had a really good draft selection. I wound up getting a ferment farmhouse ale on draft, which I thought was really cool in Lincoln City that they would have a ferment farmhouse ale on draft. It was tasty. And uh, I didn't get any beers to buy, but I checked out the the selection. They had basically everything you would want at a bottle shop. So rad. It wasn't huge, right? The picture I took, it has the four or five fridges in it. That was it. That was the selection. But I even, I said to one of the guys who who served us, I was like, you know, I'm shocked to find a place like this out here. And he goes, we're like the only one. There's really no bottle shops on the coast. Which doesn't shock me because I can't tell you, whenever I travel, the places I want to go to, I mean, if there's a brewery that I know of or if I stumble into a brewery, I'm always willing to check them out. But when I travel, I want to go to a bottle shop tap house. Mm. Maybe that's where I like to drink. That's probably just kind of a me thing. But it lets you sample the goods, and I'm into that. Yeah, so that was a really cool place. They had kind of an outdoor setup that had a greenhouse which uh, even though it wasn't 115 degrees, the day that we went on Sunday, it was like 85 mm-hmm. on the coast, and the greenhouse was too hot. But indoor seating was cool. They had like a whole wall of uh, comic book covers and like a bunch of cool like relaxing chairs you could sit in. It was a really, really cool spot. It seemed very new. Uh, I don't know how new, but it was, very, it was a very new build, new mm-hmm. building, very modern looking. So if you're ever in that part of the coast near Lincoln City, Go check that out. I think you won't be disappointed. We then went down to Newport. We only had time for one more before we had to get back and get ready for dinner. And uh, the choice was between Rogue or Beer One Brewing, B-I-E-R-1. Beer. And I chose Rogue because I hadn't been to the Rogue in Newport yet. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to check out the original Rogue spots. So it it wasn't the OG building. Mm -hmm. We went to the one on the bay. Uh, first of all, crowded as all hell. <laughs> like we had kind of avoided the crowds because we were at the resort versus like at a popular beach town. But we got to Newport and it was like, oh boy, <laughs> there's a lot of people here. And uh, it was my birthday that day. And you get a birthday beer if you sign up for Rogue Nation. So I got 
I signed up for the card. I didn't realize how big the beer was going to be. <laughs> it's like a one liter beer stein they give yep. you. And I was like, oh, I get a free beer. I've been having a lot of IPAs and light beers so far. Uh, I'll have your chocolate stout. And it's my birthday. And it's my birthday. And boy, was I disappointed. Well, it disappoints the wrong word. Terrified <laughs> to find that the one liter beer stein filled with nitro chocolate stout was sitting in front of me. <laughs> Nitro? It was nitro. Because we talked about this on the drive out here to Tillamook. You did not say it was nitro. Yeah. Well, I saved that for the podcast. Oh, well, that a boy. I was uh, I was a bit surprised. I a, could I could not finish it. A man of drama. Yes. <laughs> I could not finish the beer. I tried, uh, but that was also our last stop, and I already had like six beers, and I was just like, we were three appetizers in from uh-huh. each place getting a nap, and I was just like, I can't finish this beer. I'm drunk. I'm done. I'm, I'm full. Please, I can't do it. Take over, Monty. I'm <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> but we, uh, it was enjoyable. It was a cool spot. Uh, I kind of, I kind of liked the Bay Area down there. I, that was my first time in Newport. We didn't go like look around the entire city, but that little section where the Bay was was kind of neat. There was mm-hmm. a lot of cool. Like uh, it felt, it felt touristy, but also local at the same time. Which I guess is probably what you can say about a lot of the coast. Is like there's touristy things, but also locals live in that town and they come and do these things. And it was, uh, you know, you got the stench of fish right off the bay. Which, you know, I didn't, I don't love that smell, but some people might appreciate that. So it was cool. It was a really, really fun birthday weekend, and uh, those were the beers that I wound up having there. So uh, I would say my my two recommends for sure would be Beechcrest and Black Squid Beer House. I, well, I really want to go to Black Squid now. Plus, I thought their merchandise was really cool. It looks really cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my Week in Beer is interesting. Uh, well, no, excuse me. I take that back. It's not interesting. I was so damn hot all the time that drinking wasn't actually didn't sound that exciting. However, I did stop at Caps and Taps a couple times, which is a beer shop in downtown Camas, mm-hmm. and had some Chuckanut Kolsch. Now, the Kolsch style is not not something I love. Um, I don't know what it is about the style. I'm just not super into it. Uh, but I had Chuckanut Kolsch, and yeah, 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 that beer's good. Yeah, That beer's damn good. Mm. And then uh, outside of that, uh, I'm, I'm still on this Wander Jack train. I'm, I'm not going to stop until it's gone, and it I'm going to keep drinking Wander Jack, and that's that. All right, well, there you go. There's our weekend beer. Let's not waste any time, though. No, we will waste some time. Oh, you're going to waste some time? Yep, because when we got here... Did I forget something? When we got here, we oh. wanted to set up the uh, <laughs> set up the thing to, that lets us to uh, do podcasts on location. We opened it up, and the person that used it before, instead of remembering to put the uh, power source in there, put their laptop power source in there, and they have the power source. So we're sitting here with our thumbs up our butts, with no power source to record this podcast. In Tillamook, an hour and a half away from Portland. Yep. And Mike Mike said he opened the thing up, saw the power cord, thought it was good to go. There's no reason for you to check to make sure it's the right power cord. There's no reason for you to I'm do that. I'm just happy that I checked it all, right? Yes. I so, opened it. I was like, hey, there's a power cord. Yep. I'm not, I don't hold this against you at all. And uh, I, I, I talked with Darren and Alex, who runs their social or runs their marketing or media. I think she's their media director, something like that. Or at least part of the marketing. Yes. Team, yes. And they said, well, there's a, 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 a an electronic store up the road. And I went up the road to see if I could find a power source from them. They did not have it. And so I thought to myself, well, what are we going to do? Ooh, ding. It reminded me. 
about a month, two months ago, me and the lady took the kids out here. And I remember we stopped at a Fred Meyer because we had to do like a little emergency shopping. And then as we kept going north, right next to the Fred Meyer was a Goodwill. Mm. And I remember my partner looking at me and saying, ah, Goodwill should have gone in there. She's a big Goodwill shopper. She loves it. She's like, she'll dive through and find like gems. And it clicked. They got power sources there. Mm. So I went in. And I found one. There you go. It had a sticker on it for two ninety nine. I walked up at the register. They scanned it. It said a dollar fifty, and I paid it and walked out and went dee to dee to dee. I'm in charge. What was the text that you sent me? Let me see. I'm gonna pull it up because I said, uh, "How's it looking?" You said promising. And that's when I was at the uh, the electronics store because they felt like they could solve it. Okay. Then you said after fifteen minutes of no text, oh baby. I'm going to make this work. Because I was at Goodwill digging through their power cords. <laughs> There's just the thing in the back of their electronics, and I'm just digging through all the different cords, and it's the only one because I found that one and still dug through the rest just in case that one didn't work. It well, was the only one they had. Because the one that we have has a little screw-in adapter. like You plug it in, but then <clears> screw <throat> it to tighten it. Mm -hmm. This one does not have that. Yeah, And we were nervous because it was like, all right, we got to test it. You came back to the brewery and like, okay, we got to test it. Plugged it in, hit the power button. Here we are, baby. It's on. About to it's give on. you gold. About to give you podcast gold. Thank you for saving our butts. Damn right, man. That's why I'm here. Let's get to Darren Welch, brewmaster Ooh, yeah. at Pelican. You heard him last time we had uh, the Pelican episode about a month and a half ago. You will hear him again. Pelican Pilsner is the topic today. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. As a wise beer lover once said, I'll have what that brewer is having. Hi, we're Pelican Brewing, and let's talk Pilsner. With no extremes to hide behind, it's all nuance and subtlety. Quaffable, yet beautifully complex. And a true test of the craft. We think we've cracked it with new Pelican Pilsner. So pop open a cold one and see why those who make beer make it their own. Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach. All right, we are joined once again by Darren Welch, brewmaster here at Pelican Brewing. So great to be with you again, Darren. Hey, glad to have you here. You know, we had such a good time with you last time. I don't normally re-listen to these podcasts because I feel it's a little narcissistic to, like, hear yourself talk about things. But I went back and I listened to it twice because we had such great stories from last time. It was fantastic. And yeah. as a longtime Pelican drinker, I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> so you guys are promoting Pelican Pilsner this month especially. I've seen all the Instagram posts. Uh, so just as a, as a base start, what went into kind of maybe reinventing this beer and sending it out? So Pelican Pilsner uh, started off um, as a draft-only beer and uh, was actually really successful for us um so we were running that for oh memories memory's not uh super accurate right now i'm gonna say probably uh one two years um and really starting to gain some traction tap handles permanent i mean it's a permanent tap handle is so hard these days um and then covid came and our you know our workhorse of a draft brand is like <laughs> nowhere to go yeah <laughs> nobody'd see 
<laughs> so we uh, we uh, basically we without changing the beer, we just did a just mobilized really quickly and um, turned it into a, a package beer. So we putting it in the in the twelve ounce cans, um, and we're pretty successful at uh, pitching that um, and getting placements because that's the other side of it is, you know, you can put anything you want to in a package, but if it doesn't have any placements, it doesn't do you much good. So, um, but yeah, Pelican Pilsner um, is a beer that was really designed as a North German style pils. Uh, or uh, Frisian pills, uh, sometimes called. Um, Holsten is is a prominent brand in Germany that that's a good example of that. And Javer, um, I've always been a big Javer fan, and so this was kind of a just kind of a tip of the hat to those great beers from the north part of Germany, which tend to be um, a little bit leaner, drier in the finish little bit more of a snap um, in hop character, especially if you compare to like the southern German uh, pilsners, which tend to be far more malty, softer, rounder, etc. So uh, I've just always been enamored with kind of that northern style of pilsner. And so that's what we're emulating. Um, and uh, going for that, that super clean finish. It does feel like, it, you know, the Crispy Boy style has been really popularized recently in Portland, especially. Like, a ton of breweries were making Crispy Boy beers. They were making Pilsners. And it, it it's almost as if that is – it's uh, – I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. That has been going on for so long that it's almost like people got tired of it. And then I feel like this is the perfect time to release this in cans now because it's like, oh, that's right. We do love the Pilsner style and how big it is, and there's Pelican coming through with it. It almost feels like the exact right time to, to release it in cans, too. Well, thanks. I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from my perspective, um, doing this uh, for 25 years or longer now, um, as a brewer, I've been trying to get customers interested in Pilsner's for a really long time and I can tell you trying to get craft customers interested in Pilsner in like 1996 yeah no <laughs> well is it one of those things where it's like oh I, I like loggers oh we have this great Pilsner uh, I don't want a Pilsner and you're like well that, that's a logger. yeah <laughs> yeah no it's I mean it's just been uh, such an uphill battle for so long um that it's it's you know kind of a revelation to uh, finally see customers responding um, to a classic a classic style. So let me ask you about that when it comes to the classic style because I've you know I've I've worked with a bunch of brewmasters and I've chatted with a bunch of brewmasters and the pilsner is always a fun conversation to have because especially you know whether it's like the Oregon Beer Awards or Best of Craft or NABA or something a lot of the pilsners that win tend to be more aggressively hopped. I think us as Northwesterners, uh, West Coasters in general, prefer the little more hop character. And a lot of them say, you put this Pilsner on a table in front of a German and they'll laugh it out of the building. Where does yours, you know, and we'll get to taste it in a little bit. Where does yours lie in that? Do you prefer it more in that 
northwest aggressive hopped, or do you still try to keep it in, like you said, that more northern Germany style? Well, this is this is inspired by the northern German tradition, um, and it does use uh, noble hops. We put Herzbrücker and Tettnanger in. Um, Herzbrücker is a personal favorite of mine, um, so it was going to go in. Uh, you know, give me. I, you know, I get I get to lay down the the. Just, you got a little pole around here? I just get I get to just lay it down every once in a while. I was like, no, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> Many things are up for, for discussion. So uh, tell me about the like the process as you're kind of developing this and growing this on, on the hop scale of using Hersbrucker or the Tetananger. Where did you find that sweet spot? And did you ever get to a point where you felt, okay, there's too much of this, too much of that? What were the flavors that you said, yes, I'm into, the flavors you said, no, I'm not into, and I'll dial this back, I'll put this up? Walk me through that kind of process. So this is, this is a, a beer that was really designed using our, our current methodology um, where instead of doing trial batches with these ingredients and those ingredients and seeing what happens, we do it in the, in the other direction. So we, we imagine... And we all agree, here is the target. Here's, we've described the beer, what it looks like, what it smells like, how does it taste, what's the texture. Um, and we define all of those characteristics, and then we go about designing the beer. And because we've all, as, as a team, bought into the same vision, it makes it very easy to evaluate the test batches and say, hey, did we hit it? Or do we not? And so uh, this, to, you know, to go back to your question, uh, where does it land in, in sort of that hop intensity? I would say it's, it's more hop intense than a German beer, uh, certainly a, a southern German beer. Um, but it, it, it doesn't have the same uh, distinct differences that, sometimes American Pilsners have when when using American varieties. We've talked about Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> We've talked about this a lot on the podcast of trying to find beers that you can introduce to non-craft beer drinkers and have them be like, aha, I get it. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of envision this beer as being one of those or or is this going to be a little bit too traditional style for that kind of a thought? I don't I don't know. Um you know, I, I think of of uh, Kawanda as a as a beer that we make that's an easy entry point for someone who's not familiar with craft brewed beer, and you know is coming from a background of drinking mainstream domestic lagers. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that's a little bit uh, of a transition. the The Pelican Pilsner has more hop character, more hop bitterness. Um, and uh, more of a, a, a drier malt flavor to it. You mean it doesn't taste like green apples? It doesn't taste like green apples. Dang it, Darren. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Sorry, that's my big thing. We uh, all, we, that's, that's been his thing for the last, like, two months. <clears throat> Mike, Mike's, we, Mike's right. We're always, you know, because we're, we're so fortunate our listeners of this podcast can bounce around in all sorts of styles they like to drink and things like that and you know we all have our 
domestic lager go-to. Mine is Rainier. It makes me feel like I'm still a Northwest kid, even though that I don't think it's made here anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, the I'm I'm trying. We're always trying to get the Coors Light drinker to drink craft beer, and I'm worried nobody makes beer that tastes like green apples, and nobody's going to like it. <laughs> well, but there's a lot of beers. I had one <clears throat> last week that I remember I was like, this would be perfect. Right, like the kind of like the dad beer style that's become a little bit more popularized recently. Mm-hmm. It feels like that is a good entry point too. Um, it's just it's a tough thing. It's like some some people who drink domestic lagers are just really resistant to drinking some of those craft beers. You know. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Let me switch to this as Pelican as you guys are working on this huge launch of Pilsner to push it around. I want to talk about the branding around it for a minute. We talked about this last time we were with you. Paddleback. Updrift, Mother of All Storms, Kawanda Cream. You guys have such a great brand identity. Was there any talk of naming this beer something other than just Pelican Pilsner? Or is Pilsner kind of just keeping it straight, traditional, the way to go to just say, here's what this beer is? You know, naming beers is uh, such a torturous topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's uh, why I'm here. Just uh, yeah, I want you. I want to make sure you get your money's worth. Yeah, make me squirm a little bit. <laughs> Relive the agonies of I don't know what to name this thing. Um, so we did. We did talk uh, about whether this beer should have a name besides Pelican Pilsner, um, and we we actually went kind of round and round on it. And we, where we landed was we want a really simple and direct name that lets people really understand this is what's inside. And so we just went, we just went simple. Well, and it has the alliteration, <clears throat> too. Pelican Pilsner. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I'm always curious, too, because I remember in some of the places that I've worked in, in talking about names and stuff that... Sometimes if you call something, even if it is an export lager, export lager looks really weird to somebody. Hellas looks really weird to somebody. They're like, what's this Hellese thing? And I'm like, it's a slightly more malty lager. I really like it. Uh, so I'm always curious that Pilsner, I feel like it, that just the name Pilsner has gotten to a point now where the average consumer, what I like to call the grocery store buyer, which is really... What I think a lot of breweries, especially your your size, and this podcast does the same thing, that's our target audience. Do you think that name Pilsner, because Mike was kind of talking about this earlier, do you think that name Pilsner has now finally gotten to a point that that is more of a drawing point than just lager? I hope so. I hope so. Um, again, I'm coming from 25 years of trying to get people interested in Pilsner, failing. <laughs> trying again, failing, you know, do it every, every three, four years. It's like, well, you know, each time I think the beer's pretty good, but nobody cares. How okay. come the, yeah. Why does the, why does the consumer never want to drink what brewers want to drink? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like somebody's well, like, that's oh, because you're talking want... about the grocery store buyer. They're not talking to the brewer. But, right? le- but let me go into the the craft beer bottle shop buyer. Oh, no, I want this hazy double IPA at 8.4% while the brewer that makes it on their lunch break is having a Pilsner. How do we get that to merge into each other? I think it's a nuanced question, right? Like a hazy double IPA has really obvious, bold flavors 
And some of the traditional styles, the flavors come in nuance. The flavors come in, you know, little pockets when you're taking a sip. And I think when for a regular beer drinker, they're like, if I'm going to drink this, I want blank flavor. You know, and at Pilsner, it's like you take a sip and you're like, the first sip, you're like, oh, that tastes like beer. You take a second sip, you're like, oh, I get a little bit of floral character or a little hop character or whatever, breadiness, whatever the, the brewery wants to do at their Pilsner. And I think that's difficult for people to mm. actually like sit there and enjoy like a nuance of beer. I don't know if you agree with that, Darren. It's just I'm just kind of no, I, thinking I think, off the top of my head here. No, I think that sounds that sounds pretty on point, um, because it is a, a subtle style where you're you're trying to balance flavor, refreshment. You you want all of the you want the malt character and the hop character to come through, but you don't want anything dominant. And you want to do all you want to pack that that flavor into a beer that's no more than say five five point two percent something like that. You know, you get up into five and a half percent, and you're kind of talking about a different beer at mm-hmm. that point because it's really not the same anymore. Um, so there's an old there's an old brewer saying that you know making making a good pilsner is like brewing in a speedo. There's just nowhere to hide. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that's true. I've heard it a thousand times. I know in, you know, I used to work with Ben Edmonds at Breakside and, and Ben used to always say this, you know, those guys are, those guys are known for their hoppy stuff. I mean, that's kind of what they've made their bread and butter. But Ben always said, you can have your, you can, you can be a hop brewery. You can be a pastry stout brewery. You can be whatever you want. The true testament of making beer is making a Pilsner. Can you make a Pilsner? It doesn't have to be GABF, doesn't have to be World Cup, but can you make a well-crafted Pilsner? What is it about the process of making a Pilsner that can give you those accolades as a brewer? What is it about making a Pilsner that makes it show your worth as a, as a brewer? Well, it's technically challenging. You know, the reason the reason we make the joke about brewing in a Speedo is that the smallest thing out of place you're going to notice it. The smallest mistake, it'll be obvious. So, if you have any if you if your raw materials selections are off, you know, the malt character won't be good or it won't be right. Um, if you if you have, you know, a bad lot of hops and you don't catch it, then you're going to notice that in your hazy double IPA, maybe not, because there's a whole lot else going on in in a beer like that, but when in a pilsner, you want to have these these clean flavors that are both well defined, but also well integrated. And that is a that is a skillful balancing act that requires both creative um, beer design chops, but the follow through of good brewing practice and a whole staff in the brewery that understands exactly what needs to happen at which time under what conditions and parameters in order to get to the final flavor profile that's nuanced, clean, balanced, refreshing. What what do you find is the most challenging aspect? If you had to find... Oh, oh fermentation. Fermentation. Oh, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> and are you worried about... DMS, acetaldehyde. What what about the fermentation? Do you find yourself not to pull the curtain back too much? Do you find yourself most focused on? 
Uh, we focus most on ensuring that we have uh, a real good initial fermentation that, that the pitch rates and the and the yeast viability are where they need to be. And if you if you get those things right, then nine times out of ten, everything goes accordingly. And if something is a little out of whack at the beginning of your, of your fermentation, you may be stuck. You may have you may not be able to recover from that. Darren Welch, brewmaster here at Pelican, sitting down with us. Episode two of the three that we're doing with Pelican. So you mentioned this was a draft beer that you decided to can, partially or mostly because of COVID. Yeah. Is there any other plans or beers that have been draft only that you've been thinking <coughs> about now because <coughs> of COVID, even though today, the first day, the mass mandate is gone here in the ah, state of Florida? Ah, yes, celebration. The, the day that we're recording it. Um, Happy Mask Freedom Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> a day that lives in infamy. Is, is there other Consider other... myself, myself, myself. The luckiest team. Man, man, man. On the face of the earth. Earth, earth, earth. Um, Are there any other draft-only beers that you have thought about putting out there in, in packaging as just kind of a reaction to COVID? I mean, so <clears throat> many breweries have gone so hard into packaging because they had to, and that you guys didn't really have to. You already did that. That was like the biggest part of your... Your, uh, your brewery, but have there been other ones that you've kind of been like, you know what, we can do that in package too? Uh, not, as a res- not so much as a reaction to COVID um, because what we found uh, during, during the COVID era is that it was really important for us to, to focus and execute on the things that we knew how to do mm-hmm. um, because it's real easy to get spread too thin and try to do too many things, and then you start not doing anything right. Right. So, but as far as draft beers migrating to package, yeah, that that happens all the time. Um, our Q1 seasonal for next year, uh, Dark Hearted Blonde, uh, has been a draft beer off and on for us. Always well received, and it's going into a package finally. That's pretty cool. Well, I say we crack some of these Pilsners open and talk about how this bad boy tastes, huh? Yeah, you want to do Beer of the Week with the Pilsner? Yeah, why not? Let's do do it. it. That's next. Beers on Us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris, and Darren Welch. As a wise beer lover once said, I'll have what that brewer is having. Hi, we're Pelican Brewing, and let's talk Pilsner. With no extremes to hide behind, it's all nuance and subtlety. Quaffable, yet beautifully complex. And a true test of the craft. We think we've cracked it with new Pelican Pilsner. So pop open a cold one and see why those who make beer make it their own. Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. You should have waited to crack the can. Should have waited. Should have waited. I was so excited to pour it in this glass. Yeah. Uh, Darren was nice enough to grab some glasses, some house glasses, some true lager glasses. I know. It was a fun pour, too. And uh, I just got so excited. Usually I like to right there's, at the beginning. a little, like, the, the click noise. So we've got the uh, Pelican Pilsner right in front of us. Here is our Beer of the Week. So this is nor- Northern German style. That's I learned something new today. I didn't realize that there was such a split between the regions in Germany for how the Pilsners were brewed and made. And you said there's a bit more of a hop character in this. So, uh, all right, Patrick took the first sip. Go for it. Well, what that's, are you tasting? I think that's what initially stands out for me. I mean, I did just come from a paddleback to this. So I do have to keep that in mind. 
But you just mentioned this. I don't remember if you mentioned this on the air or if we were talking about it in between about the breadiness of a Pilsner. And I think so many people easily think it's like, oh, yeah, Pilsner. It's like drinking a loaf of bread. And you probably shouldn't be drinking a loaf of bread. The first thing that pops out to me is this hop character. And that's where I go these days when I'm looking for a Pilsner. It's what I've kind of noticed in this Italian style Pilsner craze is that a lot of them are extremely aggressively hopped to give you that fruity, floral kind of hop character. And what I like from this is that's the first thing that pops to me. Yeah, I'm getting very similar on, on the first flavor as well. Very good hop character. Um, this kind of speaks to everything that you were talking about, almost to a tea. Like, I mean, you're not a brewmaster for nothing, obviously. You would know what the, the flavors are, but... Uh, yeah, it gives you the kind of the hops right off the top, and then it goes right into that classic traditional Pilsner right through the mouthfeel. Really good mouthfeel, really good body, and a really refreshing refreshing finish that kind of leaves a little bit of the hoppiness on your palate so that you want to go back and get a second sip. So, fantastic. Oh, if, if they don't <laughs> go for the second sip and they don't go for the second <laughs> glass, then we failed as brewers. Yeah, right. I think I think the 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 average beer drinker at a pub drinks 1.5 beers. I believe that's the national like rate. Okay. And anytime I've worked at a beer bar, brewery, anything like that, I'm trying to bump that up to like 2.25. <laughs> I'd like to get that up to 2.25. Cuz for every person that has 4, somebody might have one and a half. I don't want the I don't want the average to be 1 and then there's that me that has three to, to even it, it out. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I always struggle with <clears throat> with Pilsners, and Darren, maybe you can help with this, is one thing went throughout this podcast that I've trying to be that I've been trying to be better at is is smelling before I take a sip and getting flavors. With Pilsners, I really have a hard time getting kind of something on the nose. It's just in my palate that I get the flavors. What do you when you like when you smell this beer? What do you get from the nose of this beer? And, like, what should I be looking for to try to kind of figure out how to get that before I take a sip? It's something I've always struggled with. So, first of all, everyone has a different sensory skill set and a different sensory perception. Try to make, try to slam that home every time that everyone's different. As as I'm describing it, these are the, you know, these are, this is what I get. Um, and sometimes other people perceive the same things. Sometimes they don't. You know, we, we have an R&D group here with, with highly qualified, uh, skilled people. And we argue about what things smell like, too, <laughs> and what they taste like. Um, I don't. I don't get pineapple. I get mangoes. And you're like, all right, dude, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> They're both tropical fruits. Come on. Yeah. So uh, mangoes and pineapples would not be what I'm looking for <laughs> in Pelican Pilsner. You don't say. I, that's not what we're going for here. So for the hop character, um, the Harrisburgers provide um, almost a, a sweet perfume spiciness to the aromatics, and then uh, the Tetnangers are the classic uh, herbal floral hop. Um, And so we use those in conjunction to get that complexity of hop aroma, and that's what I'm looking for. So to me, a, a, a really nice Pilsner 
is aromatic first and then has that balance of hop flavor and kind of a toasty maltiness. That's um, where people would probably say bready, right? Toasty, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's t- it's almost more like a uh, like crackery. Mm. Yeah, less like a loaf of bread. Um, and then the finish, for me, it, there needs to be adequate bitterness. Uh, it needs to have a little hot bite in the finish, but it needs to be very clean. Uh, it has to have that crisp quality. Sometimes in the in the uh, really hoppy versions of of lager or pilsner, um, I feel like that's where things fall apart. Sometimes <clears throat> you can make that aromatic presentation, you can have the flavor follow through, but um, it's it's real easy to to get a beer like this overbittered. Is is there? Something- and I speak from experience, having having done that inadvertently it's like <laughs> whoops on that one <laughs> Eat, e is, is there some, so you mentioned the bitterness of the back end right yeah it's something that <clears throat> at least my palate seems to really Which appreciate I'm really, really into on this beer and enjoy is that flavor that sits there that makes you want to take the next sip you know sometimes you'll have a beer and again i drink stout so sometimes you'll have a barrel aged stout and it's so sweet at the back end that it kind of like you, you don't necessarily want to dive back in immediately to that flavor mm-hmm. Um, is that just something when you are brewing beers that you are looking for that kind of something at the back end of the palate that makes you go back for that second sip or is that always. just always okay always always and we <clears throat> try to apply that principle across the full breadth of styles and strengths uh, in all the beers that we produce so that that uh, that finishing quality that's clean and refreshing exhibiting that balance now granted the the way that expresses in something like beak breaker or tsunami stout or mother of all storms is radically different from pelican pilsner but that 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 sense of finishing the sip you set it down continue the conversation and then in the background your mind's going still there it's calling to you take me up and taste me again it's one of the things that has that has lived with me forever is when the beer finishes do i want to take another sip do i want another beer because if you have that beer that doesn't finish i i've always said how beer finishes is the most important thing well you've always been a big fan of mouthfeel too right like Mm -hmm. that's your number one is your number one is mouthfeel well that's what i'm getting to i'm getting to mouthfeel but i started and always was for a long time on the back end back end finish was always huge for me because it told me like you said do i want another one do i want another beer do i want another sip because if it doesn't finish if it sits in my mouth and is gross then i don't want to drink anymore no, you're going to order something different. Yeah, and if we're at 1.25, 1.5, again, I'm trying to get to 2.25 beers in a sitting. And that's what's going to get me there because I want more. And plus, I mean, just think about it from a just think about it from a marketing standpoint or from a business standpoint, you want somebody walking out of your pub after you've had that great beer saying, "Wow, I've still got it, man." That place was great. I mean, right now, I haven't taken a sip for a couple minutes. It's still lingering. Mm-hmm. The bitterness is still lingering there like, Mike, 
come take another sip, please. And I'm an I, and I'm an IPA kid. So bitterness, as as I've grown over the years, bitterness I have now been able to translate into all styles. And so I still need some lingering bitterness that hangs around. And the pilsners that have that really talk to me. I would uh, I would add to that the the bitterness needs to be clean. So a lot of times you talk about lingering bitterness, and to me, what I hear is is harsh. Mm. And so, you know, the way we talk about beer internally, we don't talk about lingering because uh, that's generally associated with harsh or cloying or you know other attributes. Interesting, interesting. Other yeah. things that we don't want. Yeah, we want crisp, refreshing. We want a snappy finish. Mm. That's so funny because now twice you've said words that you hate hearing about beers that I always thought were like, yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good compliment. To yeah. Beers. Yeah. That we use frequently. Yeah. I, I say a lingering finish, not necessarily because it's like harsh. It's just the word that pops into my mind and you're like, no, <laughs> well, that's not what we're shooting for. <laughs> right. 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 And we mean it more. We mean, I think when we talk about it, we mean it more of that, that everlasting gobstopper. That flavor that just sits with you mm-hmm. and permeates and resonates and just lets you go, yeah, I'm just out of beer and that tastes great. Yeah. All right. So, Darren, before we let you go. Ooh, I got one question before you jump before to this. Before my question. Yes. Okay. I got one question. I want to ask I want to ask about the future. Of, sorry. <laughs> I want to ask. I was going to ask it last time and I forgot about it. I want to ask about the future of Pilsners in America real quick to get a little nerdy because as we talked about the american pilsner the german pilsner are quite different do you see at least we can only speak for the northwest and and maybe you can only speak for yourself do we see pilsners migrating a little more towards that german style with a little extra hop or do you see us taking pilsners further away from the traditional german i think you're gonna see both honestly i think you're gonna see um some brewers uh, really hewing to traditional interpretations and then maybe create another Pilsner-type brand and get a little more experimental with the other one. So I think there's, I think there's room for both. You know, if you'd, have, if you'd have asked 20 years ago, how many IPAs does one brewery need to have in their lineup? The answer would be one or maybe none. And these days, you know, you've got uh, any brewery in the Northwest is going to have multiple mm-hmm. IPAs available. And they're all, you know, distinctly, well, we hope, distinctly different uh, in, the, in the way that those, those beers present. And I think that the Pilsner style is, uh, we, see, we see some of that um, evolution of style, that uh, broadening or divergence, you know, you know, there's a, there's a fork in the road up ahead and we're going to take it. So you think there's a chance that you could walk into a brewery and they have three different Pilsners that present in different ways and that would be successful? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay with that are, answer. Are you at all? I'm really okay with that answer. Are you, you know, at I, all nervous about that? Like, because it's such a traditional style that the experimentation is going to take it away from being a true Pilsner? There's there's always that risk, there's always that risk, you know. But for uh, for GABF this year, there's a new category um, called Hoppy Lager. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, I, we could call it a Pilsner. We could call it a Hoppy Lager. I think they call it, they've named it Hoppy Lager to allow for more highly hopped or differently hopped versions of other lager styles. But um, I'd be surprised if most of the beers in that category are American Pilsners. They're, they're Pilsners. Well, there's there's also a category for American Pilsner oh, that's right. and a pre-prohibition Pre-pro. Pilsner. So we already see, at least in the style catalog, a lot of a lot of iterations and uh, emerging styles. And that's okay. Because there's always going to be a place for traditional Bohemian Pilsners, traditional German Pilsners, and... You know, as as we grow the customer's appreciation for lager styles, if we can do something different and throw a dry hop lager in there, why not? That's if, it's a, the- if it's a good beer mm-hmm. and it drinks well <clears throat> and it has those those characteristics of of balance and refreshment and finish that you would expect from a Pilsner then, but we can do it in a different way. Then uh, to me, that's, that's fun. That's exciting. Good beer is good beer. Well, that's what I've, I've talked about a lot is sometimes and our listeners have said this too, especially over the pandemic, you know, you're stuck at home and you're going to the same stores that, that people have been hitting like a beer wall. Like you look at the, the shelf and it's the same beers and, and you're hitting a wall. Ooh, I'm in an IPA wall. And one thing that I've talked about a lot and something that I very much appreciate is when, a brewery goes out on a limb a little bit and does a style that is common, but does something that's an interesting tweak to it. And, you know, that's not always going to be successful, but when I've had beers that are like that, it kind of like reawakens a little bit of a passion for me where I'm like, that's really cool. Like this is something that would be a regular style normally. And they did this, this, or this different, you know, whatever example you want to make. And of course there are risks, like you're saying to that of, you know, you're going too far away from traditional styles and maybe you're creating a monster that you can't control or whatever. But it, it feels like to me that that is the best way out of a, a beer wall for a consumer is to see something that they like to drink that's just completely unique. And I think that, I, I feel like that's super important to me as a beer drinker. So I kind of agree that that would be cool to kind of see people go with Pilsners and kind of go off in their own different directions and see what they would do. So one final question. I, I will draw the line at, at milkshake Pilsner, so. <laughs> I, My I, man, I, I have a real hard time getting on board with that one. You know, I'm, I have a real hard time with just milkshakes in general these days. So <laughs> whatever, whatever word you want to add before or afterwards. So. <laughs> so before we let you go, I was on the coast this weekend. I was driving up 101. And what did I find in Lincoln City? But a little construction site right on the water. Had a little, a little fence on it that said R&H Construction. And then this thing that said uh, Pelican Brewing. That was new. I didn't know that was happening. It's, it's actually kind of a large construction site. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on a, it's, it, in my head driving on it, it was on like a little piece of land right on the water. And I was like, oh, there's a new Pelican opening up. Yeah. And then I drove past a, past a billboard that said Pelican Brewing in Pacific City, Tillamook, Cannon Beach. Coming soon. So Lincoln Bay. City, yeah, south end of Lincoln City. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna call it the uh, Solets Bay location because it is right on Solets Bay. Um, so that 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 brew pub right by the water. It's it's a pretty classic 
on brand for Pelican. Yeah. And what's interesting, um, in the pandemic, we've, we've, as a, as an organization, we've had to do a lot of adjustment on, on customer service and food service. And a lot of the lessons learned in the past year and a half have been, um, incorporated into the design of that building. So I think it, it's going to be a pretty, pretty neat project. Um, we're putting a 15-barrel brewing system in there. Of course you are. Uh, Why not? You own a space. You might as well R&D there. Here, here's a scoop for you, though. It's actually the original brewery from Pacific City. You're going you're gonna to move the brewery from Pacific City. You're going to lift it, it and take it down there. <laughs> Drop it in. You guys are maniacs. Fantastic. So it Absolute will, maniacs. It will actually have the, the original Pelican brewing system at the Solette's Bay Brewery. Fantastic. That's when can awesome. we when can we expect that? You got a rough estimate? Uh we're looking for um March of next year. Great. March twenty two. We'll be there. Yeah. That's a. Uh, we were talking off the air beforehand of like you guys are kind of just like all up and down the northern coast. There's Pelican, 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 Pelican. Each each town that you go go the uh, along the way. And Alex was telling us who's here with us, it's about like linking up the coast with, with Pelican. And I it's it's like a brilliant. It's just brilliant. It's a brilliant plan. If you got if you got the space, if you got the chance to do it, do it, right? Because we asked you last time, you know, have you ever had thoughts about expanding into Portland or you know expanding off the coast? And you're like, oh, it's not really the brand. You know, we're we're born at the beach. That's the that's the branding of it. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, that's smart. They're doing yeah. it again. Yeah. So it's uh, it's you know sometimes opportunities come along. And you got to be ready to, to to go for it, and not every opportunity that comes along is the right opportunity. So play it smart. You know, we've we've got enough uh, we've got enough um, experience behind us, and there are enough people who know about Pelican that uh, we do get people approach say, "Hey, I've got a perfect project for you," and you know, take a look at it. And, it looks like a nice project, not really for us, but this will be a great project for someone else. Uh, and then every once in a while, like, yes, this looks like a project. Yes, I'm actually quite interested in that. <laughs> yes. Can't say no to that one. All right, well, Darren, thank you so much for having us out to Tillamook again. It sounds like for the final episode, which will be coming up in two weeks, two to three weeks, we'll be going to Cannon Beach. So uh, that'll be cool. So I think this is our last time having you on, at least for this little three-part series. So thank you so much for the hospitality and for having us out here. This is great. It's been so much fun doing this. And uh, keep doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. We'll be back next week. Uh, We don't know what we're doing yet, but we'll be back every Thursday at 4 o'clock. Yep. Uh, Find us. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find the podcast and download. It helps us out. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Odyssey app, TennyToTheFan.com, Omni, and Stitcher. And uh, we'll see you next week. Catharsis. This episode has been brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. We have one more to do as part of our summer partnership with them. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, and we'll be going to their Cannon Beach location. We'll see you next week.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 